backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio begins now. Hear the best in new music, artist interviews, stories from the road, and more. You are now backstage, and here's your host, Mothership. Hey, everybody. I was able to catch Disciple just before they played a show last week. It gave us a good chance to talk about the songs from the new album, Skeleton Psalms, and the reactions they've been getting. I hope you enjoy it. The new album just came out just a few days ago. How many days has it been? Five? Yeah, a week from today, I guess. Week from today. Oh, my gosh. Why don't y'all stop showing off? (laughs) (laughs) The album is fantastic. Great reviews from everybody I've seen. Uh, How do y'all feel about it? Glad I'm not working on it anymore. <laughs> we feel great about it. We're glad it's out. It uh, took a lot of work to get out. So, and we were we were very rushed and stressed there at the end. And so, very very glad it's it's out. And um, very fortunate that so many people are liking it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been cool for sure. Uh, everything he said. Yeah, big big relief to have it out. You know, we were working during Winter Jam to finish it, and you know, listening to mixes and approving mixes and just a lot on our plate while we were on the winter jam tour, which was already a lot to, to focus on. So, so having it out now feels very good. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like a feeling of relief and also a lot of satisfaction in seeing all the positivity, the, the positive feedback and that fans are enjoying it and hearing a mix of, you know, the old disciple that a lot of fans fell in love with way back when, and they feel like it's homage to that. And also while feeling like a 3.0 modern day record. So it's, uh, yeah, satisfying. With all the discography you've got, how do you feel this one fits in? It's definitely at the top of the most recent. <laughs> it's our newest album ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been telling people that I think that um, there's a few complete albums that we have where there are songs that, I feel like for myself or unskippable or, you know, you can just kind of just listen from beginning to end. And this is this is probably at the top of those. I think Skeleton Song and Subtitled, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades are amongst those. So I feel like even albums like Scars Remain, Love Letter Kill Shot, um, Attack aren't complete albums. They have like great, great songs on them. But uh, this is a this is a, a complete album and uh, probably the best one. We well, yeah, definitely I think um, it feels good because it's, it's the first time that we've really tried to reach back and be intentionally influenced by some of the older Disciple stuff and, you know, do some moves that classic Disciple, late 90s kind of stuff and, and even mid-2000s kind of stuff. And just like we really were intentional about trying to pull in those eras of the band. Uh, and without us even saying that, people have been saying that about the songs and the album. So that feels really good um, because it was very intentional on our part to make it feel like classic disciple while also offering some new looks as well. Yeah, the things that we've been hearing back, I feel like it's that mission accomplished emotion where it's like, okay, the things that we wanted to make a reality with this record, we did our best. And then when it was finished, we felt like, Hey, we did our best. Mm-hmm. Like that was, you know, yeah. <laughs> this is our best effort, and and we put all of our uh, top tier performances and writing and energy into it. And so when you get to that place with a record, it's like, okay, well, if people don't like it, this is like, it's not because we didn't do our best. Mm-hmm. It's because yeah, they just don't like us. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're just mean. Uh, I don't think yeah, that could it, ever happen. <laughs> it, 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 
feels on the flip side of that, like if people do like it, people see the true side of, of what we had to bring to the songs and to the record. And it's pretty cool when people like it. Just looking at the different people in the comments about their favorite songs and which one is this and this one sounds like this song. There's a real buzz. There's a real genuine excitement in this album. I can see that. Um, I think it's very well done and everybody knows it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. That's really cool. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. The night of the release, you had a special event, which I missed because I was going out of town and was going to be gone for the weekend and I couldn't view it. So I had to go back and look at clips and things. Tell us about Skelevision. Yeah, well, we had that idea um, since we did a couple of live streams during the pandemic when you, when that's all you could do. Um, we kind of at some point as we were kind of getting this album toward the, the finish line, we thought, oh, it'd be really cool or idealistic, really, to have a show that we could live stream to celebrate the album release. Um, we haven't really done that uh, since you said, well, let's see, right before this lineup kind of came together, they did they did a, a live stream release for the Old God Save Us All album. But yeah, it's not something we've really done since then. I don't even know if we've done a proper album release show in this lineup. No. Um, and so to do a show that we could make good and then to live stream it as well was kind of the idea. And it was, it was a tall order, but you know, once Kevin came up with the name Skelevision, we knew we had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got more funny skeleton puns coming. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm sure we will all be looking forward to that. Uh, do you feel like that's something y'all are going to maybe do as things come out? Because it seems like at the pandemic, you know, everybody had to think out of the box and do something different. Do you think maybe that's something positive that came out of it, a chance to do a show that is like a release type thing that everybody can watch? This one was definitely very well produced because we had done the three in the pandemic. So Joel Burris, who you know well, um, was our good buddy and, and excellent video director and content creator. We did three during the pandemic and each one kind of got better and higher in production value. And we, he figured out things, we figured out things. And so even though it's been a couple of years, the last one, I was amazed at what he brought to the table terms of the kinds of cameras and angles he was doing and, and uh, the kind of moves that really made the broadcast really high quality. Uh, we also did uh, a separate audio mix for the first time uh, so that it, would, that it would sound better than what the previous ones had. Yeah, I thought it went really well. Is there anything else I wanted to share about the live stream before we move on? Yeah, we will be um, cleaning it up, polishing it up, tightening it up a little bit and uh, creating a final product that we do intend to make available for for sale at some point so that's that's in the works um so people who missed it will still have a chance to uh to see it it was a really special show and, and uh it was very cool to do so uh people who missed it will have a chance to to get it again at some point this year good because i want to catch that yeah. uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the songs at winter jam were you playing executioner and promise to live they came out while we were on winter jam but we were only playing promise to live okay so we thought, we thought, yeah, we thought executioner might be a little scary for. Oh, that's yeah, true. For the first time around, didn't want to play too many new songs to uh, people that may have never heard us before. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, promise to live. I interviewed the guy that's right behind you there, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Joey, and he was telling me about all the stories that y'all were getting from Winter Jam with that particular song. Have y'all got something you would like to share about that? So many. We get stories for a lot of the songs, but yeah. And Promise to Live, there was, uh, I mean, almost every night there was somebody that would come up and say, you know, this song saved my life. I was either I attempted suicide a week ago or I was 
uh, going to try to attempt it tonight, or I was planning on doing it next week, or yeah, it was um, constant. It, it was every single night, or I lost my child to suicide. Yeah, um, it, I think it's one of those things we didn't really expect it. You know, we we planned on playing the songs. We thought it would be a good type of song for that atmosphere, just the style of the song and kind of the uh, kind of kind of get, getting to offer a little bit of a message before it. Um, but something about being in front of so many people every night versus what we're used to, I think it's like when you put that many people in any given city in a room, it's a lot more likely that someone there has an experience like that recently or, or, you know, deals with it. And so, yeah, someone would always say something. There was a guy that was there that said, Hey, this song saved my life uh, tonight. And, uh, then a few weeks later, his wife messaged us and said, um, that, like basically just thanked us that the change that took place in his life that night was real mm. and lasting and that uh, it made an impact, you know, uh, and she just wanted to thank us, you know, for that song because it saved his life. So it wasn't just kind of like an emotional thing. It was something that weeks later she was saying, you know, this, this night, you know, had an impact and saved his life. So it's really incredible. How amazing is that? Before the album even comes out, Promise to Live has already made a big impact on a lot of people's lives. That must be a good feeling. Oh, yeah. It was really special. Yeah. We, we figured out we have very little to do with all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're not even really thinking about that. It's not even it's not even a goal. I mean, we're right, we'll write a song like that. And we just want to make a good song. We you know? want to try to make it a really good song and, and also make a song that people kind of spiritually or emotionally connect with, you know, Yes. and have this kind of moment with. But we're not looking to do this life-changing, uh, earth-shattering uh, thing. And then when it happens, we realize that it's it's just a, it's, it's God doing what he does best. You know, we're just playing the songs and then he's actually moving on people to, um, you know, turn their life around and, and all that. So, uh we're just a very small part of it, but very thankful to be part of it as well. Well, you guys are known for your faith forward message, so it's not surprising you'd get such a large response from the fans. Well, the whole Winter Jam experience must have been really wild for you guys. Yeah, it was so special. We couldn't believe it when we got it. We couldn't believe it on night one, and we couldn't believe it on the final night. And you know what I mean? And we can't believe it now. <laughs> we can't believe it already over it happened and we got to do it i don't really remember now. honestly it, it, it was such a blur um in, yeah. in a lot of ways and yeah an experience we'll never forget <laughs> for sure yeah. and it's, it's an experience i've already forgotten <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> we wish we would never forget let's talk about some of the other songs on the album if someone asked you which song should i start with which one would you suggest executioner, executioner. i think we really, once that one came together, we were all pretty unanimous that that should be the first release. And then we got the music video, you know, going forward. And so it's kind of, and, and even deciding from there, we still hadn't decided yet if it would be track one on the album, but we eventually decided that was the right move. And so that's that's the one, you know, that kind of sets the tone for the whole record. There's a, there's a lot of running themes through the album and that one, you know, really sets it up. Who would like to share a little bit about the meaning behind that song? It's kind of an autobiographical song for me. And it's really about when you when you're putting to death the things that, you know, that need to need to die, you know, doing it without ceremony, doing it without. It's like, it's like there's no eulogies for this convict, you know, when this convict dies. And, uh, you know, like at the end of someone's life, 
you know, they're like, he was a good man, you know, and all this kind of thing. And they remember when he did this, but you know, when you're kind of putting your uh, sinful nature to death, it, it's a song about doing it without ceremony and not really missing it. And it also offers no hope of resurrection or no hope of the gospel. And that was intentional because I wanted to focus on that even without the hope and promise of the gospel, the old man that we deal with, our sinful nature, deserves to die, uh, deserves to no longer be a part of my life. But we do have the, the hope of the gospel. and We do have the hope of a new life and resurrection and being born again and, and being transformed into something more than what we were. But the song is, you know, really uh, just about some people only do something with positive reinforcement, like they're only doing something to get something, you know, and it's like this act of putting my old life to death, uh, even without the positive reinforcement, even without the reward. It, it is uh, necessary, something that I, I see as um, as something that n- needed to happen. So that's what the that's what the song was about. So it never really spoke about any of the any what good is going to happen from it. Just more like this guy's got to go. Mm-hmm. Is there another song or two you want to give us a little bit of background on? You do resurrecting? Yeah, we can do that one. I think Bow Down is also a really good one cool. to talk to. Uh, um, Bow Down is um, a, a song that made the record at the very, very last minute. I think we've really gotten good at kind of seeing what the album is at, at the very end and kind of seeing what it has and what it needs. And um, we really, uh, we had a song like 2020 Blind, which is a a real positive song about victory and overcoming trials and and kind of coming out the other side of that feeling of what it feels like to be victorious. Uh, but we were kind of missing that that song that was very vertical. And Josiah wrote a song called uh, Never Sell Out. And I was like, I like that. What if we changed it to like never uh, bow down? And, um, and we just made just some little adjustments here and there. And we liked the song, but, you know, we kind of, a couple of guys were kind of like, I don't know, the chorus seems a little weak or this or that. So we kept tweaking it, kept working on it, getting it to a certain level. And then we liked it, you know, so we liked it enough, you know, to make the record and be track nine. Uh, but apparently we, we put up this poll and our fans <laughs> uh, think it's the second, <laughs> second. So far, yeah. so far, as of a week, a week into it, it's their second favorite song according to polling and yeah. votes. It's, it's probably the most mentioned song in yeah. comments. Yes. Like comment threads, if you go down through there, like it is yes. by far the most mentioned song. Executioner is the, the favorite song amongst the fans, and Bow Down is, is the second favorite, which is it, it is uh, awesome. And, and really it's a song kind of uh, echoing Jesus' temptation where uh, Satan takes him to a pinnacle and says, I'll, I'll, I'll offer all of these kingdoms of the world if you'll just bow down to me. Uh, but it also echoes the Nebuchadnezzar statue of the uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. After they heard the music and everyone bowed down and said that we won't bow down. Um, so it echoes a lot of those things and how there's all these things in, in the world that are trying to distract us and trying to get our attention and try to get us to bow down to them. And I love writing songs that help encourage people in their faith and just kind of like reinforce songs like radical that just, you know, help uh, people um, be not necessarily proud, but proud of who they are in Christ and encouraged to not be, you know, not cower down. You know, everybody else in the world is so proud of who they are and they're so loud and so just forceful. And uh, 
And I feel like we're the ones that should absolutely be thankful for who we are and what Christ has done in our life. And uh, writing songs that help people feel that way is uh, very, very satisfying. To me. Yeah, that song's kind of a, I look at it as like a sister song to another song on the album called Bad Words, which is similarly bold. Uh, and they're both like aggressive and heavy. <laughs> um, and they're saying different kind of things, but in that same spirit. And so I see those as kind of like companion songs to each other. Um, but yeah, like he said, it was kind of brought in last minute. We kind of had to rush, rush it in to production. <laughs> uh, and, and so it was kind of a sleeper for us, you know, like we, we liked it, but like he said, we had no idea people would song like that. That's why it's so good. Cause we didn't spend so much time on it. Honestly, I thought that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, we didn't have time to like just sit around and think, oh, oh, oh. Anyway, I, just, this up. I just remember even to like how last minute it was because I was rehearsing to go in the studio and track all the drum parts. And I was texting, I was like, guys, I need to know, am I playing Make War or am I playing Bow Down? Yeah. Like, I don't want to like... A different song know, that we... Yeah. And, then, and then in that text thread, it was like, we're focusing on Bow Down. So I like threw Make War out of the session <laughs> and put Bow Down <laughs> in and started writing parts to it. Yeah, and then he basically wrote, and then he basically wrote what became the bridge to the song as well. Yeah, we just like had to make quick decisions. So yeah, it was this this song that was just like you know microwave basically as opposed to like, <laughs> yeah. just a slow cooked uh, pork, you know yeah. uh, all day. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, that was several weeks before before we like, like yeah. I mean it was it was it was very quick. The executioner is like a seven year barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> right. Seven year history. Does this make you rethink yeah. how you write music since the one that's getting the most attention is the one you just shot from the yeah, hip? Songs are the ones that we spent the most time on and the one we, we spent the least time on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. There was a demo from pre-Long Live the Rebels yeah. that we uh, had back. sort of revived with a new chorus that Kevin wrote. And so it's a totally different song, but the idea, the concept, and the you know basic structure of the song it's from 20, 2015. So, the, so the, the moral is we should never work on a song for a medium amount of time. Yes. We only need to work and, on it for a long time. Also, moment. that there's something really good about something back there. Yeah. You just kind of take something back through the old demos and, and like just bring it back. Yep. Say, Go into the junkyard. Let's, let's take this. <laughs> yep. There's always something back there. There's something back kind of there. Yeah. Treasure. It's <laughs> going a treasure hunt. That's yeah. some small demos. Boys. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I learned with a previous interview. As I said, don't ever throw anything away. It might be oh, yeah. just a might be just a note or two or a bar or something that oh, clicks. Yeah. Voice memos. Yeah, we got so much stuff like that for sure. It's... How about one more song? Uh, you want to talk about Resurrecting Reasons? Uh, that was a song I wrote basically on guitar that voice memo for it sent to the guys. And the song sounds almost exactly like Draft One. The, the yeah. way we uh, the way I wrote it like in my um downstairs uh at my house and it's just a song about you know when you feel like you've messed up or done too much and uh just god is is almost haunting in the way that he just will not leave you you know as much as you try to get him to leave you know he just he just won't and uh i had this line that um i, I felt was really good it's like you keep resurrecting reasons to keep resurrecting jesus in me and it's really a song for People who feel like they once had a strong faith in Christ and for whatever reason, slow fade or just bad decisions kept peeling back where they finally just lost who they were completely. But they still feel Jesus just pulling them and just never going to like it's like 
he, you, you kind of want him to punish you. You want him to leave you. You want him to, to say, I'm done with you. And he just won't, mm-hmm. you know, he just, he just won't leave. And it was also a song that we uh, approached musically in a very different way. We uh, wanted to write a kind of a nineties sounding song that was very stripped down that didn't have a lot of production, didn't have a lot of guitars on it. It was, it was just, you know, it was very slow, had a lot of space. And so it sounds very different than the rest of the album. And so we really enjoy it for that because it's very unique and creative. And it's got a real mood to it that a lot of our songs yeah. don't have. Very moody, yeah. yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I like that one a lot. A lot of really good guitar riffs on this thing. Good drum parts, too. The thing we kept saying as we were making it was that it just felt... It feels the most like the four of us are doing the things that we would do. We've we've played together for 10 years now. And so it felt this album felt the most like it was representing what each of us would play uh, if we were just taking this song and learning it and translating it into a live setting. And so there's a lot of yeah guitar flourishes and drum fills and uh, vocal parts and things that that just feel like us um, as opposed to uh, and, and you know, keeping it in house with the production, I think helped with that because it was just like the four of us are just making this thing, and so yeah. uh, it really came out just feeling like that uh, that energy that we bring in a live show. Yeah, we had a lot of freedom and a lot of experience, and so those things both served us really well. I think it was a lot of fun. Andrew, you're the only person in this group I haven't interviewed by yourself, so I have a question for you. Okay, you, uh, you left for a little while and then came back. Are you glad you came back? <laughs> you gonna ask me in front of me? Yeah. Are you- <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can. Tell me no, of course. Um, so, for those of, of uh, the listeners that don't know, in 2018 or uh, late 2017, I decided to do one more year of touring, and so I toured through the end of 2018, and then I retired from the road. But I decided to stay involved for all of our songwriting and records and stuff. So we recorded Love Letter Killshot together. Uh, and then they did about a year of touring without me with uh, John Panzer playing most of the shows on guitar. Marco played some. And then the pandemic happened. The Pink Panzer. The Pink <laughs> Panzer. He has pink hair. We really missed our opportunities. That music totally suits him. He's probably going to change his hair color. Yeah. But uh, anyways, we love John and, and Marco still plays with us on bass and fills in for me on guitar and all that. But um, yeah, basically during the pandemic, the live streams happened like they mentioned, and they asked me to be a part of some of uh, those set lists. And as we got into the second and third ones, I was like, well, we'll just play the whole thing in Nashville, 10 minutes from my house. I was like, yeah, of course, this will be perfect. And so I was sort of back in, in the fold with that. And then... In early 2021, I hurt my arm playing hockey because that was kind of my like post touring uh, goal was like to get back into playing hockey just for fun. Um, Yeah, very goal oriented. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're welcome. And uh, yeah, I fell and dislocated my shoulder um, uh, on the ice and I couldn't play guitar for a couple weeks. And right around that time, Kevin had called maybe a little bit before and asked if I was interested in coming back because John was taking some other gigs with Colton Dixon and some other artists and and they needed somebody. And I was still sort of hesitant to commit to anything that I couldn't be in control of. But then when I hurt my arm, I realized how important, you know, playing and performing was to who I am and, you know, what, 
uh, what I am at my core, you know, what, what I feel like I was created to do. And uh, all the circumstances that had made touring so hard in my life before had changed to make it more possible and, and more um, sustainable now. And so I still uh, take time off uh, from uh, from tour. He was, he was healed of his allergy to church carpets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the miracle, the miracle that took place that allowed him the door to come back. <laughs> I wasn't going to disclose that on the air. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, yeah carpet ileoma. <laughs> wow. There may be compensation <laughs> available for that. Yeah. I may be entitled to conversation. We'll never know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been great to be back. And um, they've been really, you know, gracious with me. Um, and <laughs> Josiah's making a lot of motions that <laughs> you can't hear, but they're distracting. I'll make them louder. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, He's back. He's they back. kicked me in. <laughs> I was going to say, they tricked you, didn't they? Yeah, it's yeah, a mind back. trick. <laughs> like, come back and play one one show. How about one more show? How about one more yeah. show? Well, I, I think I can speak for all the fans that we're glad you're back. Thank you. I'm, I'm been really thankful to hear that from everybody. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate it. It would have stunk if people said, why didn't you stay away? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it's nice to have you back over there where, where you're supposed to be. Now, on on the new album, I heard mentioned in one interview that Trey Daniels worked on it a little bit. Tell me about that. I never saw him. Yeah, we have yet to see him. So I, I have no proof that he actually was the one who played uh, bass on We're just going to take it on faith that he actually did. Yeah. Andrew here is in another band because uh, once he decided he wasn't done yet, he decided, wait, let's just go for several. <laughs> I know. It's like, let, let's just double up and go to uh, World Gone Cold, too, right? Quick plug, if you haven't heard about World Gone Cold, band includes Yogi Watts of Demon Hunter, Mark Anthony of The Letter Black, Trey Daniels of POD, Rylan Rouse, formerly of Inhale Exhale, guitarist for Attack Attack, and of course, Andrew Stanton of Disciple. Check them out. Anyway, back to the story. His connection with World Got Called opened that door. He mentioned it early on in the recording process, and we were like, that sounds great. And POD is Joey's favorite band, and so having the bass player from POD play on our record was like, major huge thing for all of us but really super huge for joey oh yeah joey you've had two dreams come true this last year you're yeah. playing at your venue that for uh winter jam and having trey work on an album i'm pretty spoiled for sure uh when it comes to the dream department uh, <laughs> that's that's for sure uh i actually did get to see trey because they were in knoxville doing world going cold sessions doing like some uh in-studio video stuff yeah. And Andrew was like, dude, you should totally come up and hang out. And I was like, I'm there. So uh, I actually got to hang out oh. with Trey and be in his presence for a little bit. <laughs> did my best to not fanboy the entire time. <laughs> so, he did pretty good. He's, he's a really <laughs> awesome guy that's, that's still so wild to listen to these songs, the ones that he yeah. played on, and just be like, oh, yeah. 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 He so, played bass on The Executioner, Scapegoat. For the life of me and promise to live. Promise to live. And you can nice. do an amazing job and you can feel and hear what he did. It really adds a lot. We were really happy with the result. Yeah. yeah. He's a true bassist. So on the songs where we felt like the bass needed to, you know, have its own identity and sound and not just be a supplemental guitar, low-end guitar, which is what we do <laughs> when we play bass. Did anybody else work on the album? The other person who did, you know, 
uh, feature on the album, some is Marco. He, mm-hmm. um, especially on the song Dawning of Deliverance, he plays uh, some of the guitar solo in that song and, and singing uh, he's singing in the chorus. And then on the songs Bad Words and Bow Down, he did background vocals and screams. And, and 2021. Uh, 2021 as well, that's right, yeah. Marco's so talented, he can do it all. Yeah, he did some great harmonies on Jim yeah. Allen. And of course, yeah, everybody yeah. sings a lot of harmonies. I would, I would like it if none of my dreams uh, come true anymore, because last night I had a dream that a warthog beat my hand, and I woke myself up screaming. Did you hear me scream? I did not hear you. No, no, no. I was like, no. And I woke up, and I was like, all right. So I like it for no more dreams to come true. You'd be right? looking at it, yeah. Yeah, I think That's, my dreams are not really yeah. reality. Yeah. I wish my dream the other night came true. Scoop offered me $100,000 if I could stay locked in my bedroom for 24 hours. Really I could good. 100% do that. <laughs> easy. 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 Oh easy. I could do it for like $10. I'm, I'm really praying that that dream comes true. 100 k Nashville's rocking real estate. What do you give me for a week? I, mean, yeah. I actually meant to text him. You yeah. text him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to yeah. get to work. It's good to talk to you. Ah, uh, yes, the show must go on. But before you go, I have to tell you something. My interview Monday is John Lowry from Petra, and he talks about you guys. In case you guys want to check it out, and talks Aww. about the relationship in Germany. So we're going to see you in Germany again this year with Petra, popping off yeah. again with that lineup. Yes. So, uh, which is really exciting. He talks about how neat it it is, the old school and the new school, and you know how exciting it is for them in their life to get to see you guys come up and take the baton. That's awesome. I don't know about if we're new school or not, because it's been about 25 years since I've seen a school. Well, newer so, school uh, than them. <laughs> but I mean, seeing so everybody that was in Germany. I think we're just graduated. I don't know if we're in school at all. but Y'all are just working on your master's degree. There you go. But as I was saying, watching everybody in Germany side stage saying they would not be a band if it wasn't for Petra, including Disciple. Um, I just think that was really cool. Yeah. Well, look, thank you guys. I appreciate you. Uh, Thanks, Mothership. Thank, thank you. you. I'm sure I'll be seeing you at a few summer festivals. Yeah. yeah. Maybe before Germany. <laughs> All right. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more great music and check out my blog page on the Solid Rock Radio website for my guests' social media links. If you've missed any of my past interviews, you can find them uploaded to podcast.solidrockradio.org. Have a wonderful week, and let's be kind to one another.